0: Hello, and welcome to the Bikes and Podcast, a podcast about bikes, but more about the people that ride them, the communities that they build, and the stories they create than conversations about the latest shock technology, wheel sizes, and how to improve your Strava time. Every two weeks, I interview people with a story to tell, an event to promote, or a cause they are passionate about. If you'd like to be on the podcast or have an idea for a story I should cover, please contact us. You can go to the bikesand.net website and click on contact in the nav bar. My Twitter handle is at mybikesand and my Instagram feed can be found at bikes.and. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Bikesand podcast and that you have a great ride. Hello, and welcome to episode 18, Bikes and the Check-In Foundation. In the space of 12 months, I have known three people commit suicide. All three of them were men. In my interactions with them, I never would have guessed that there was anything wrong, and news of their suicide, of course, came as a complete shock. In conversations with the people they left behind, though, it is clear that theirs was a bit of a thin veneer, and they knew there were signs of inner turmoil, signs that only a loved one might have noticed such as severe moodiness disinterest with things they love to do and periods of complete withdrawal one of these people was clay watson i got to know clay as a result of his involvement with the colorado high school cycling league reference episodes one and seven he his partner april and their dog bailey were central central members of the race crew People that basically bust their asses from dawn at the start of course setup up early on a Friday morning through takedown on Sunday afternoon. Clay was one of those people who just got stuff done, often with a great sense of humor, always with a spring in his step. I did get grief from him once because I ride a Yeti mountain bike, which has a white water bottle cage on the outside and underneath of the frame, an apparent no-no according to a downhill legend, which Clay was. Clay was fondly known throughout the front range, so when news of his suicide started to spread, it touched a lot of people. Like many, I was stunned. His standing room only funeral was attended by many whose lives he had touched. Pointless, tragic, why didn't he talk to someone, was there really the only option left, how could this happen, were questions running through everyone's mind at that point. April Page, also well known throughout the close knit Colorado mountain biking community, was, of course, devastated, and she joins me today. April Page, welcome to the Bike Sand Podcast. Thank you. And thank you very much for joining me to share your thoughts about Clay and the Check In Foundation. Uh, also, a quick shout out to our friends at Yeti Bikes for allowing us to use a meeting room in their Golden Colorado headquarters. Go, Yeti. Firstly, April, I'd like to say at the outset what a brave lady you are. Uh, While it's been, I think, about a year and a half since Clay's death, conversations about him must still be tough, I assume. Yes. Is it getting any easier?
1: Yes, it's definitely easier. There's not um, lots of tears flowing behind those conversations. I can talk about him and smile. Um, I can also laugh and, um, you know, have memories of him, and it doesn't cause immense pain or heartache.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, tell us about Clay Watson.
1: I met Clay in September 2014. Uh, we met on an online dating website. Uh, which As is the way <laughs> of these days. Yes, the way of the world these days. Um, and when I learned that he was a downhiller, being in the cross-country racing world, I was not really interested. <laughs> um, Wait, you know. tell,
0: tell everyone in this podcast what your <laughs> image of a downhill mountain um, bike
1: is. I always called him a dirty downhiller. <laughs> um, you know, lazy on the uphill, but fast on the downhill. Yeah. Um, But we, you know, that I think brought us together. We uh, spoke on the phone for the first time for about two hours on the phone, and I could hear some of his friends giving him a hard time in the background, like, get off the phone. (laughs) Who are you talking to? Um, And so our conversation was great. There was many different topics that we were talking about. We were talking about the, you know, moto world. He had done some racing in the moto world. Um, He grew up racing BMX bikes. Um, But he was really interested in me. He's like, oh, you really mountain bike? And I'm like, Yeah. Um, and, and for him, I think that was a, a shock and very, you know, made him much more interested in me. So, um, you know, our conversation carried on late into the night. Um, and then he asked me at the end of the conversation, would you be interested in meeting? And, and I said, absolutely. Um, so I, I said, Hey, let's meet at a local brewery here in Golden, Colorado. It's called Cannonball Brewery, and uh, lots of mountain bikers visit there. So, <laughs> um, so I just assumed that he would, uh, would know what that was but being a downhiller and being up in the mountains all the time at the resorts he was uh he's like where's cannonball and and I was like okay strike one (laughs) (laughs) so um we met two days later um in golden at cannonball we had a beer and he asked me hey would you be interested in going and get some food and and I said yes and uh i i was really interested in him mainly because when we sat down with each other the eye contact was there he was really interested in what i had to say and he wanted to know about me Mm -hmm. and that just kind of set him apart from a lot of other people that i had met previously um so we had dinner and it was raining that evening so he uh we had drove his truck. Um, We called the truck, he called the truck, the big girl. Um, And everybody got to know that truck pretty well in the mountain bike industry. But uh, um, we drove her over to the restaurant and he drove me back to my car. And I always had this rule that I wouldn't kiss a guy on the first date. Um, But I actually leaned over and Gave him a kiss, and I think I caught him off guard. He was like, "Whoa, I wasn't expecting that." So, um, <laughs> so that was how we met, and uh, that was the start of a pretty intense love affair. We. We um, didn't get to spend a lot of time with each other right away because I was actually coaching for the Colorado High School Cycling League for Highlands Ranch Composite Team at that time. So I was super busy with that. Um, He had a friend that was getting married, and he was helping them with that. Um, So we it wasn't until probably a month later that we actually got to spend a whole weekend together, and um, we took a trip to Glenwood Springs, we did some hiking, and then That Sunday, we went to Winter Park um, to do closing day downhill. And I have to tell you, I was pretty nervous (laughs) downhilling for the first time. But he was amazing. He got me a bike. He got me pads and a helmet and set me up and rode behind me the whole time. And I think it was on the second lap down. We stopped in the middle of the mountain, and he says, are you okay? And I said, yeah, why? And he's like, your legs are shaking. <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, you know, it was, it was a different world. That was the beginning of a different world for me because I really at that point had a huge respect for downhillers and right. the work and, that they put into racing their bikes downhill or riding downhill. It's, it's pretty intense. So. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah so um i'm assuming that your image of downhill has changed then
1: yes it absolutely has
0: Uh, i I would never even dare to do that i mean I'll go and ride the resorts, but I will not haul i mean the stuff they jump off is just insane, and i yeah. just I would never do it but call me a chicken <laughs> if you like, but that's fine uh funniest thing that you remember about clay
1: oh, so it was actually downhilling. I think it was the second time he had taken me back up at on the new season the following year. And he said, stay to, we were on um, Rainmaker, Lower Rainmaker, and he said, stay to the right of the trail, I'm going to go on this bridge. And the bridge, you go up it a little bit, and it kind of kicks you up into the air. And I was like, okay, so I'm just, you know, riding downhill being safe. And out of the corner of my right, eye, I, I uh, see somebody in the air go Good. over my head. <laughs> <You're kidding>. And <laughs> I was like, Oh, my God, <laughs> what's going on? So um, it, he landed and I'm screaming at him because I'm thinking he's gonna land on top of me, but he had tons of room. And he's like, Are you okay? I'm like, don't ever do that again. <laughs> so, you know, that was a, a pretty funny moment for me. I will always remember that. I can still visualize it. It was a pretty funny time. Yeah,
0: no doubt. <laughs> so, scroll forward. Um, obviously, as in the introduction, April, I mentioned, you know, Clay committed suicide. Mm-hmm. We, we know that. Um, and, and I think from what I read about people who commit suicide, um, it, it is the little signs, um, that you maybe don't notice to start with, but mm-hmm. then, then you do. And now, and I'm sad to say that you've actually had two brushes with suicide. Yes. Your brother. Yes. Correct. And, and clay, which is, which is more than anyone should have to deal with. What, what were the warning signs that you saw now that you're looking back on, on that?
1: So they always say a high, you know, hindsight, 2020. Completely. <laughs> um, so, after Clay's death initially, I didn't look back and say what were the signs um, because it was still a very intense moment for me, and it was actually not until this year that I really had that aha moment of these were the signs. Um, for, for Clay, those signs were really um, depression uh, the last six to eight months of his life I knew that uh, he was sleeping a lot more. Uh, we had started a business together and he, so he was working from the home at that time, and I was still working you know eight to five job downtown Denver. and I just would notice when I come home that it looked like he had been sleeping and when I'd ask him about it, he would say no, no, I was or I was laying down with the dog kind of thing. But I kind of noticed some things. His personality was changing as well. He wasn't interested in riding his bike. I would go out. I would be like, hey, let's go for a ride. And he would just say he didn't feel good. Um, He said his neck would hurt or his head would hurt. um, He had some previous injuries. So I never really pushed it um, at that time. And then I would say that there was some substance abuse with alcohol. And um, that was a real kind of red flag for me. But once again, I, you know, I just was like, oh, you know, he's just maybe down and out. He's starting a new business. That's a lot of pressure. So all those signs kind of combination wise this year, I was like, these were the moments. And, and the biggest aha moments were the week before he took his life. He, he said to me, my head hurts, my body hurts, and I feel broken. Mm. And it was his way of saying, I'm tired and I don't know what to do. And, and I wish when he had said those things to me, we had a conversation, but I didn't push it. And so for me, that was a real clear sign. Um, you know, later learning all of these factors that I've learned today, that was a clear sign.
0: Um. When you refer to CTE in on your website, mm-hmm. is that a brain injury?
1: Yes, it's it is a brain injury, and that is a brain injury that is caused by one head concussion or multiple head concussions. It's um, a tau protein that gets it develops on the brain, um, and that starts causing symptoms of depression. It can cause withdrawal. It can cause what they call adult tender tantrums, Um, so a lot of anger issues can be behind that. Um, So a head concussion could be, you know, hey, you had a head concussion when you're 15 years old, and you didn't maybe have any symptoms at that time, but as an adult, it's it's a degenerative brain disease, and you won't necessarily know that that has happened, you know, that it was caused from, you know, 15 years ago when you were young. Right. But it's developing, and right now, unfortunately, doctors can't say what's going on.
0: Right. And were these brain were these brain injuries relating to riding a bike?
1: It could be riding your bike, of course.
0: Right. It,
1: you're riding. Uphill, downhill, if you're and if you're me yeah. <laughs> crashing, you yeah. know, you hit be your more, head. <laughs> I should be more
0: specific, not <laughs> riding your bike, but falling off your bike. Yes. <laughs> right.
1: Yes. Um, yeah. Falling, falling off your bike. It could be your road bike. It could be your mountain bike. It could be a dirt jump bike. Right. Any bike that you're on, if you fall and hit your head, um, if you have a helmet, you need to have your head checked out.
0: Right. Yeah, and I think we uh, as a society do a better job now at recognizing mm-hmm. concussion and treating it. I've certainly been around sports enough long enough to know, and not just in biking, but in soccer and rugby and things like that, that in the old days it was, you know, you'll be all right, just shake it off, you got your bell rung, get back on your bike or get back on the field, you'll be fine. Right. No longer the case anymore. Yeah. Um, and I think we can all learn a, a lot from that. So
1: absolutely, I think people just need to, um, you know, be more be more vocal about it with your friends, with your family members. You see someone crash, right. more than likely they probably hit their head, and they, you know, our adrenaline helps us bounce right back up and say, hey, we're fine, we're fine. But right. that head concussion can take couple of hours it could take a couple of days to show and those effects will can be long-term if not treated so I think like you said society is becoming more aware of them and we just have to continue that conversation
0: yeah what have you learned uh, over this period of time about men and suicide versus women and suicide
1: Well, men are four times more likely to commit suicide. Um, And actually, in the suicide world, we'd like to change the word commit to completed suicide, Um, where women attempt suicide much more than men, but they never actually complete suicide. Um, But that statistic is actually changing. There is an increase in women um, completing suicide. Um, So I think... What we need to be aware with men is that we live in a society where we still say to men, you, you have to be tough. Mm-hmm. Hey, you're you, you, were hitting, you were playing football right. and you got, you got ransacked into the ground. Hey, get back out there on the field and play, right. shrug it off. Right. Um, and so we still tell men, hey, you've got to be tough. Or if they're struggling on the emotional side of things, we... We don't allow men to speak freely without judgment. And so with suicide, we need to open those doors to men and say, hey, you're struggling. We're here to help you. And that's, that's our purpose.
0: Right, absolutely. It's actually a great, great segue, April, into talking about your foundation that you've created, the Check-In Foundation. Um, you've managed to do that most difficult of things, which is turn a tragedy into a positive uh, and you created this foundation. You can find out more information at checkin.org. dot um,
1: org. It's actually dot com.
0: Ah, uh, gosh. Okay, love <laughs> that. checkin.com dot com. There are, will be links on the bikes and um, podcast page. Um, tell me why you called it the Checkin Foundation.
1: Uh, that's
0: it, that's a it brings a,
1: yeah it brings a, a smile to my face. So the Checkin Foundation. The name um, it spawned from when Clay and I adopted Bailey. Bailey is our dog. And we took him to training. And our trainer said, you know, everybody uses the word, come, like, come, come, come here. <laughs> And she reminded us that we wanted to set ourselves apart from the rest of people in society with our dog because our dog was very smart and she said that likely wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't be a, a a good tool for him to check in with us so we started using the word check in and bailey would have to come touch his nose to our palms to check in so um the check-in foundation once once clay passed and i decided to form the foundation it just seems so simple. It seemed like that's what it should have been called. And great. that's how it came about. Oh, fantastic. So just checking in with each other.
0: Yeah. How is Bailey? Bailey
1: is great. Yeah. He's as hyper as always. That's good. <laughs> I
0: haven't seen him in a while. Um, so um you, you create this organization called Check-In. Again, checkin.com is where you can go to learn more information about this. What What's the story behind it? What are you trying to achieve with, with Check-In?
1: So it's been 19 years since I lost my br- my baby brother, Dustin, and I was 24 when that happened. And, uh, you know, young and, and not really not knowing a whole lot about suicide, I, I, I just always knew I wanted to do something for people and wanted to give back and give people that are really going through dark periods in their life some hope. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was young, and I was really concerned about my career at that time so i focused on that and then fast forward to 2016 you know clay taking his life Mm -hmm. i first of all i never in a million years would have thought that i would be going through that for a second time and Mm -hmm. and never with clay (laughs) of all people um so it just made sense to form the foundation and to do something about suicide awareness um, within the mountain bike community and the sports communities. I, I feel like we, as athletes, um, sometimes forget our, about our brain health. Um, we're so worried about our physical health that we sometimes forget about our brain health. And, and for me, getting on the mountain bike is my brain health that makes me feel better. I'm right. happier. Um, but that still doesn't take away what may be going on underneath all of that. Right. We still have to deal with that. And for Clay, it was 40 years of not dealing with that. Mm-hmm. And so um, I wanted to open that door, the conversations with the within the mountain bike communities, and that's mountain biking and road cycling and dirt jumping um, and downhill and, and all those things. I really wanted to open that door because I've definitely felt like, that doesn't get discussed. People don't want to talk about that. And so that, that's really my passion for the foundation is to change it, to provide a welcoming environment for people that may be going through a hard time. They're racing a bike, Mm -hmm. but they don't share that with anybody,
0: you know? Yeah. So um, let's say there's someone listening to this podcast right now and they you know, they, they're listening to what you saying that Clay was going through, mm-hmm. uh, and they're having some trouble themselves. How, how would they use the check-in foundation? What, how would they first contact you? And, yep. and what services do you provide? And how would that work? So
1: the check-in foundation, we have a huge mission. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we do, we do a couple of things. So if somebody's struggling right now, and they, they don't, want to call a national hotline. There are hotlines, there's national hotlines, there's a Colorado hotline. You can also now text. They do text-to-chat in Colorado. So that's really important to know for kids because kids now like to just text. Um, But you can reach out to us. We do have a licensed therapist on our board of directors that's working very closely with the Check-In Foundation. And um, him being a therapist himself, we have... Many resources that he can provide immediately out the gate, get somebody the help that they need. Um, We can get them to a 24-hour clinic. There's walk-in clinics within the metro area um, that we can get them to. Um, sometimes somebody, sometimes people just need somebody to talk to, mm-hmm. um, and we can provide that. We are not a one eight hundred hotline, but we can provide them the support that they need, mm-hmm. get them the support that they need right away. So that's one area that the Check In Foundation is helping, and then also um, breaking those those taboo barriers down um, within society as a whole, being being at. Um, events the foundation being present at events and getting people to come up and talk to us about hey what's the check in foundation what do you guys do and and we talk to them about that um and that sparks a conversation, or it may sparks when I'm going home and saying, hey, I'm going to reach out to these people. And then youth development. Um, Clay, as you know, was really big on juniors and bikes. And he coached a lot at Winter Park Resorts mm-hmm. um, with the junior downhill team. And so our goal is to give back to the community. And by doing that, we are sponsoring juniors to race their bikes. Mm-hmm. Um, for the foundation and helping them pursue their goals as well
0: what's the um so f- that's fantastic yeah if, um i actually was going to ask you what is your big hairy goal that you said you said you were going to you'd set yourselves a pretty <laughs> pretty specific goal there what is that
1: well the first goal is you know i'm working a full-time job and so are i have Three, three other board members, we're all working full-time jobs, and we're doing this on our free time. Right. So as you know, that takes a lot of time. Right. Um, so our biggest focus right now is to raise money so that we can provide one fully staffed individual, that would be myself, mm-hmm. to go out and be public speaking <coughs> in public um, with high schools and coaches and, um, we want to touch in the motor world as well. So that's our biggest our biggest goal right now is to get more of our knowledge out there to the community. Yeah.
0: Do you know the what you have to text to what number? I just wanted to pause the podcast there for a second because the audio when I was talking to April uh got a little choppy. And I want to make sure that if you want to reach out to the Check-In Foundation and their awesome resources, uh, the number that you can call uh, is very clear. That number is 1-800-273-8255 or 800-273-TALK. You can find that number at checkinfoundation.com. You can also find that link on the bikesand.net website. I hope that's clear. Assume that the Check-In Foundation um, is connected to other suicide prevention awareness organizations.
1: Yes. If you go to our website, right on the homepage, we have that information on the homepage. Mm-hmm. And that will take you, if you click on that, that'll give you direct link to those those websites. To so those organizations. Yes. yes. Awesome.
0: Okay, awesome. So um, I, I also, so Nine News does the... Uh, Breast Cancer Awareness, uh, Buddy Check 9, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, is that a similar idea to the check, like checking in with people?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I created the check-in day of every month. So the fourth of every month is check-in day. And we, through our social media lines, we, if you're following us on Facebook or um instagram or twitter we send out on the fourth of every month a check-in day check in with your family and friends see how they're doing hey maybe you haven't talked to that friend in a couple of months check in with them so yes it kind of was a spawn off of that just reminding us to hey do that do that every you know every we should do that every day right but we get busy in our lives and so it's a reminder to do that
0: got it okay awesome um Like I said, during the podcast, April, uh, it takes a pretty special person to put this tragedy behind them and do something special with it. Um, Thank you very much for doing that. I think you're a very cool person. Thank you. (laughs) Um, And also for sharing your time with us today. Um, I hope we're able to use it to spread some more understanding of the Check-In Foundation. Uh, and more specifically, get you some funding so that you can do this full time. Absolutely. Which is, I am sure, your goal, right? Absolutely. Yes. Well, thanks for being on the Bike Sand Podcast. Uh, we, We really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Anytime.